Hello, hello. How you doing, Ashley? What's up, girl? What's up? Happy Thursday, because we're recording this on a Thursday. I know yes. everybody else is this on, on good old TGIF. So, you know, we about there. Yes, Ashley. This is episode nine. Can you believe it? We're going in the double digits the next episode. We're going to have to take a shot for episode 10. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> have your shots ready when y'all listen to this next week. <laughs> yes. And I'm so excited. We're going to finish the Queen's Gambit. Yes. I'm, I'm yes. calling it part de since, you know, some of that Emily and Pelly yeah. is still. <laughs> <laughs> Those vibes linger. They still linger, but especially because uh, bef- remember Sarah, I told you from the New Yorker yes. last yes. week, it makes sense. Yes, but before we get to our recap this week, we have hot some hot topics and a couple of micro doses. So exciting! Our first hot topic is on a somber note. R.I.P. Natalie DeSell Reed. Mm-hmm. She passed away on Monday due to colon cancer. Um, in one of the reports I read, she was diagnosed earlier this year and Mm, when she passed, um, she was in hospice surrounded by her family. So, um, you may know Decel, um, and it kind of varies on who, who, who's talking about her, but, um, we know Decel for her roles in BAPS, Cinderella, Eve, how to be a player. Um, when I was looking up her her roles on IMDb, as always, <laughs> 1997 was her year because that's when uh, three of the films came out. So the three I just listed, um, Eve came a little bit later in 2003, and it was on air. UPN, you remember that channel? Of course, Ashley? of course. <laughs> it was on there until 2006. So, so Ashley, um, what did you think about the news when you heard it? So I, my first thought was Halle Berry, you know, mm-hmm. expecting to hear from Halle Berry because BAPS is what I most know her from. I didn't even remember her in Cinderella, so you just said that. That's my um, favorite role of hers. Okay. Well, yeah, yes. I mean, again, my, my mind went to Hallie. I saw Hallie saying, you know, she was heartbroken, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, again, just so young and again, colon cancer, right? This was yes. the same thing that got Chatwick. So I'm just like, you know, y'all, I really need to be paying more attention to potentially the signs and symptoms of colon cancer. So, yes. you know, just another reminder, again, as we have many reminders in 2020 about how important it is to do uh, regular checkup screenings, all those things for your health. And again, rest in peace to you and God bless your family. Yeah, it's just so heartbreaking. And um, the fact that she's a woman, because when it comes to colon cancer, especially in the black community, it's something that tends to uh, plague our black men, unfortunately. Mm. And so, yes, everyone get checked out. Know, Know what's going on with your body. Alrighty, so our second hot topic this week, Red Table Talk. (laughs) Jada NM had Olivia Jade. She is the daughter of Lori Loughlin and Massimo. And um, this is her first interview, Ashley, since the college admission scandal, also known as operation varsity blues um i loved it um gammy was very 
very vocal on her mm-hmm. stance mm-hmm. Um, on this particular episode. And to give you a little bit more background, Olivia Jade, um, she was a YouTuber and again, a daughter of famous wealthy people. Uh, they gave her their schemes, got her into uh, USC. And, you know, she was just the quintessential teenager on her YouTube channel, not really interested in school. And then when you hear that your parents did some things to get you in there, you know, it's a bit, (laughs) it was very rich. That's all I have to say to that. So Ashley, um, what was your impression on the interview? Do you, did, did, (laughs) did Olivia win you over? Oh, I'm starting to laugh early because, oh, I have too many thoughts probably on this for the amount of time I have. But no, to answer your initial question, she did not win me over. I'm team Gammy on this. I did not watch the whole show, but I did hear the snippets and I read the articles and what have you. Yes. Um, I was all about, you know, this story was juicy when it happened back in March of 2019. Absolutely. Juicy. I was into it. But I think- Felicity I, Hoffman got- caught up in I was gonna say I think it has been her parents reaction and response to it that makes me even less inclined to care about this interview Mm. because Felicity Huffman you know she really stepped up to the plate immediately admitted she she was wrong took it on the chin did her time but it was this couple it was Lori Laughlin and her husband who fought this tooth and nail to the end Lori Laughlin got to choose what prison she went to so do I care about giving some form of redemption to Olivia Jade I do not Olivia knew what her parents were doing again they had to submit photos of her supposedly faux rowing uh for her supposed uh scholarship she got uh for you know athletics I I understand Jada's perspective because Jada seems like she's a very open person, but do I feel like she necessarily deserved this platform? I do not. Um, Was I here for this interview? I was not. I think I read the article and I immediately said, why did I read that again? Like I just, it's (laughs) the least interested I've ever been in a Red Table Talk. You know, the Entanglements episode of Red Table Talk, I watched immediately. Jordan Woods, fire. I just, this was one that, and again, my thing about the interview was, is after I kind of read and heard some of the pieces, there's nothing she said that for me that added to the conversation. What did you think about it? Because there's nothing she said that was like, oh, that was groundbreaking or that was something that, you know, added to me feeling maybe you have learned the error of your, you and your family's ways. So I am Gammy. Gammy is me throughout this whole interview <laughs> i watched the whole thing and big Gabby, gammy energy big gammy energy <laughs> not having it i mean here are some of the quotes <clears throat> child please mm. <laughs> she mm. had no energy she said 2020 is too exhausting exactly to have you know be a place for this redemption story for this entitled little girl exactly. and i'm here for it and honestly Again, I saw the interview. Olivia Jade, during the beginning part of the interview, the way she said, I deserve a second chance or another chance because I'm only 21, that I deserve really just rubbed me the wrong way just a little bit. Um, I didn't like it when Tank said it. So, ma'am, I'm not going to like it when you say it. (laughs) In that case, in that case, when he said it, he, he deserved the, some bad things, not necessarily some good things, but you know what I'm saying. Yes, absolutely. Messy. It so was messy. I wanted to say, all I was thinking 
was, you know, her level of unconsciousness of the world around her was palpable. And also um, justified in kind of how I felt about her initially, I hate to say it. And um, Well, didn't she even admit, like, when this first happened, I thought, like, I don't see what the big deal is. She had zero. She was so oblivious so oblivious and um honestly ultimately i kind of felt like this is poor parenting this is poor parenting uh, absolutely through and through i mean i it's like and and she said it herself they're just used to throwing money at their problems and that's yeah. what they did so yes no she did not win me over um I will say two more things. Uh, I wish we had we heard more from Willow. Willow did not have a lot to say. The mm. most that she said was that she was middle ground for Jada and Gammy because you know Gammy was not having it. Jada yeah. felt like she she was more empathetic. She's like, I know what it's like to be a parent to put your kids in particular situations and so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and willow's like yeah i'm right in the middle and she didn't ask any questions and she just sat there so i kind of i kind of wanted to hear a little bit a little bit more from willow okay the last thing i'm going to say on this is um jada's look fire fire (laughs) i was here for the blonde i'm here for the skin i'm here for that bold lip She's done, she's done like the icy blonde now, right? And she yes. goes to like platinum, platinum blonde. Yeah. Oh, surrealness. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, again, to your point, I think it's a good point to say too, like, it is about the parenting. Like, I, I don't just lay it on Olivia. That's another reason why this didn't move me, right? Because you're only following the example that has been set for you. So I don't wish any will on you, ill will on you, Olivia Jade. I still hope for the best for you. But again, did I need or care for this interview? Absolutely not. So that's all I have. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to go into our first micro dose. Euphoria. Yes. First of two special episodes. This Uh one was entitled Trouble Don't Last always okay and it was an episode specifically focusing on rue zendaya's Mm -hmm. character and uh she's in a diner on christmas eve with her sponsor ali played by coleman domingo who was phenomenal in yes. this episode he's coming he's gonna be in my rainy's black bottom yes. too that we'll get yes. to later on guys so yes, he's yes, on his yes. thing and he's you know he's one of those familiar faces who's been doing doing the thing doing it well consistently so it's amazing that i feel like this episode really gave him some shine so honestly it was a conversational um episode the writer of uh the series mentioned that um who's sam levingson by the way he pretty much said that he wanted to you know take into account the state of our world in this conversation and you definitely see it so um what were some standout moments for you in this episode it was pretty long by the way (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i'm trying to there's definitely one for sure but i was gonna or two but i was gonna say 
I definitely fast forward to see if the whole entire episode was them in the diner. <laughs> when I started, I was like, hold on. I just got to see, like, are we moving? Is there? But obviously, because of COVID restrictions, this was an episode that they decided to do for the sake mm-hmm. of continuing the conversation because they got shut down, like, right before they got a chance to start filming season two. So I appreciated just having this and coming back into this world a little bit because I did enjoy Euphoria season one. After Zendaya's win, it's like it's we get to see her especially again. Especially after yes. my girl Z won the Emmy and became the youngest person ever to do so. Go yes. girl. Anyway, yes, 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 yes. so uh, two things about this episode. One is I'm still confused about the very beginning, about the part where her and Jules are in the apartment. Was that in her mind? That's an excellent question, considering the way they left season one was the fact that... She you did. You know, uh, Jules left. And exactly. Zendaya went home and started using again after being clean for some time. So mm-hmm. I agree. It was very confusing. But um, look, I did take a look at the the end of the episode where they did the commentary. And yeah, Sam mm-hmm. mentioned that in this episode, you realize Rue isn't a reliable storyteller. And I thought that was interesting. So I don't know. In my mind, I think some of this stuff is happening. But again, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think That's it was supposed question. to be. Great I think the, the reason. Well, I, I love that you brought up what Sam said at the end of the episode, too, which, by the way, I don't know who else loves this, but I need every show to do an after <laughs> episode every time because I love getting those insights. Uh, HBO into is the most reliable for that, by the way. Game of Thrones, baby. I lived yes. for those uh, episode the the end credit epi- parts of the episode where you get to hear about what they were thinking. Anyway, neither here nor there. Um, I think that was supposed to be imagined. I think that was supposed to be in her mind as if I had gone with Jules, this is what I imagined our life would have been like. And obviously I'm assuming part two is going to be Jules' perspective on things. Which is coming out in January, January 24th, FYI. Oh, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. But the other standout part of it for me, and I guess I should say I have three, I'll let you speak probably to the Ali moment that he had with his daughters on the phone because that was very uh, impactful. But mm-hmm. then also the the, the, por- the portion where Rue is really saying that she does not really care whether or not she actually gets clean or not because she doesn't plan on living very long. Yes, she doesn't I plan do. on being alive. That was heartbreaking to me, not just Absolutely. because of where Rue is, not just because of her age, but also you have Zendaya saying this to me. <laughs> I, my heart is broken. I don't. I think I got emotional on this episode. What were your standout moments? Well, uh, just to elaborate on that point, it's heartbreaking. But if you think about her actions, they speak it loudly. I mean, they do. I, I, but, but, but I had always but, just wondered if it was the drugs and not her mindset. This is the first time I realized that self-aware. Yes, this yes. is the first time I'm thinking like, oh, so you this you're an intentional drug user. You're not just someone who got caught up in drugs and you let it kind of take you over. Yes, I think most people are though with whatever addiction it may be. Like they're kind of like, f it, why, why not? You know. But I don't know if they went into it with that perspective. That's what I no. mean. Like I feel like yeah. she. Yeah she may have had some intention behind it even when she very first started doing drugs, which was, Hey, I'm not, it's, it's similar to the way that, and this is not to go off on a tangent, the way that um, I hear about Kurt Cobain where, mm-hmm. you know, he's mentioned as, you know, he did drugs to kind of like, 
die. Like he didn't care about like oblivion. That's now the mindset that I feel like Rue is in that I didn't know she had. Yes, that's a good point because we didn't get this deep um, after the first season. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a that's a great point. Um, what stood out to me, I just loved, I loved the conversation. I loved the discussion of Malcolm Little, who then turned, you know, we know him as Malcolm X. Right. Um, I love the conversation about um, big corporations mm-hmm. um, and their media campaigns for social justice and how it's all about the dollar at the, at the, Bottom oh yeah, line. Nike. They talked about Nike. Yep. Yes, yes. They really so. did pack a lot of dialogue into that episode. Now that you speak on it, I also like the discussion on faith. Right, the the differences. Yes, you, need, you need something bigger than yourself. I I actually mm-hmm. felt that. I was like, that's mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. I agree. Especially because and, I've had those those conversations, and sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like I've been at a loss for words mm-hmm. in those mm-hmm. conversations. And fun fact: the waitress is a real life um recovering addict i thought she seemed too real to just be an actress she was very authentic i i learned about that on zendaya's stories uh, a couple of days after they released the episode and honestly uh the conversation with his daughters okay so i'm gonna tell you the silly side first okay out of me during that part that was the only part where i had to fast forward because the suspense was killing me because I had no idea where this episode was going. Yeah. I unfortunately have watched too many episodes of Game of Thrones. I've watched too many, you know, just like the type of television I think I've consumed in the last couple of years has damaged my, um, my feeling when someone's in the dark on the phone you know, it's like, who's going to walk up? On, right. You wait on something crazy. Shot? Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you straight lace episodes of shows. I don't know what to do with you. Wait, I'm wait, waiting, wait, wait. I'm waiting on a dragon to come wait, bite wait. his head off. I.e. the undoing. I, that's all I got to say to that. We're going to get to that, guys. That will be our last show of the year. FYI. Yeah. Quick plug. <laughs> so, but it, it was just, it, to me, the most that I got out of that you know, uh, part of the episode where he's on the phone talking to various people or his, his family and their kids and things mm-hmm. was a level of detachment, kind of like an old friend you hadn't spoken to in a long time, not someone who's, you know, the patriarch of your family. That's, that's what I got. What, what did you gather? I just felt sad, I guess mm-hmm. is the best word I can use to describe it because I know what it's like to have those relationships with people in your family that you would, one would think you would be close to, and there's reasons why you're not. Mm-hmm. And I think when he tells a story about why, especially his youngest daughter does not want to associate with him and all of that, it just made me really sad because yes. there's just some things you can't come back from. And I don't fault his daughter for not wanting to maintain a relationship with him not when he did at all. when he abused their mother so you know it, that's all I have is that it just kind of made me sad it was illuminating for sure because I appreciated getting more of a backstory on Ali yes yes but it was and it was sad I I did I did think that it was somewhat positive though really quick that he was able to make such a positive impact in Rue's life to where mm-hmm. She couldn't fathom that type of person in him. And, you know, I think that just shows his growth. Unfortunately, when, when yeah. your family gets hurt, 
you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all all you right now as a viewer viewer you're just left rooting for him and hoping one day they'll let him in one again at any moment in time i don't know i don't know yeah it was such but, a great mirror too for rue right because she's thinking she's this awful person for the things yes. she's done to her mom and stuff like that he's like listen I've done horrible things too. So if you can still look at me as a good person, you should internalize that for yourself. There's hope. There's hope. All right. All right, Ashley, we're going into our final microdose before our recap. We're going to talk about Big Mouth, a Netflix original show. Fourth season recently came out. The most talked about episode is episode five uh entitled a very special 9-11 episode and so we're just gonna go ahead and just talk about the black folks in this particular episode (laughs) um and so i don't even know where to begin the show is so crass it's so horrid i i can't even like there have been moments when i'm watching this with my husband and i'm just like what the f are we watching right now (laughs) This show is insane, but the black folks in this particular episode talked about code switching. Um, one of the main characters, Missy, she's having a racial awakening. Um, she's mixed. Her mom is white. Her dad is black. And she visited her black cousins from the South this summer. And uh, they kind of, you know, did her hair. She used to wear overalls. Now she's wearing jeans and showing her belly. And, um, and yeah. And so, um, they're, the, the kids are on their way to the 9-11 museum and, uh, Devin, who's the suburban popular black boy in the school, uh, who's dating, uh, uh, Devon, who's dating Devin. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> He noticed Missy's new hair, and then Devin decides to say, oh, you have black girl's hair, and that is just crazy. Anyway, Devon apologized for Devin's um, comment on the bus, and uh, Missy then gets a text from her cousin Lena, voiced by the wonderful Lena Waithe, uh that there's gonna be a jay-z blueprint party and it's a college party so devon is like okay let's go and on their way to the to the party devon bumps into a random black guy in the park and he starts speaking black speak (laughs) and missy's like what's that and then he goes into it's my code switching dial and then he goes into a whole song. It's amazing. I'll talk more about it later. But Ashley, first of all, do you even watch this show? I do not. So <laughs> I didn't think I had ever seen a single episode of this show until you tell me about it. And then I realized when I look at my Netflix, I didn't see the whole season one. But you know what it was? It must have been a show I turned on either to go to sleep or I was doing something else. And it was passively watched because I don't remember ever watching an episode of this show before. Anyway, um, this episode was interesting. Girl. Uh, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out who the little monster things were that were walking around with they them. They are hormone monsters. That's what I came to realize. Yes. I think one of the main characters said it later, like, oh, you're such and such hormone monster. And I was like, oh, okay. So I, I spent a lot of time and attention on that. <laughs> that probably, <laughs> probably distracted me a little bit. 
But uh, to your point about the, the code switching in general, uh, it was just funny that they incorporated the whole dial thing, right? Like that just made yes. it like a, an additional layer of like, oh, you know, it's not just something we as white people do. We can turn it on and off literally. Literally. With a dial he had on his arm and we can turn it depending on what environment we're going into. He says in the song, different me for every situation. No one can tell which one is the real me. (laughs) What I thought was also fascinating with this dial is, you know, for white, black, old, and young. So it really was like, you know, it kind of expanded the conversation of code switching, at least for me, because obviously as a black person, there's code switching, you know, when you're when you're interacting with your family, if they're Absolutely. predominantly black versus Absolutely. even your coworkers at 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 work, you know. And so, but there is something to age too that I kind of I have to admit the show did a great job pointing out like depending on who you're talking to that is absolutely young. true that is absolutely it does, true it does change and then um the other part i wanted to bring up that i really did uh, enjoy mind you uh devon put on his super duper black dial when he walked into this college party uh lena <laughs> lena's character um was talking about how she broke her dial and how you know we got to know about black white culture whereas it's not reciprocated i thought that was fascinating ashley what what do you think about that like being yourself 100 percent of the time i think it would be very difficult to do so unless you own and are able to uh, have power over everything that you do i think to lena's point at the time it sounds great it sounds great to be able to be authentic and completely yourself but that also varies in terms of what is actual authenticity, right? Like to, yes. to your point and to the episode's point, we don't just code switch around white people. We code switch around our parents. We code switch around yes. certain group. Even for me, it even divides among groups of friends. There's certain friends that I don't cuss around and it's not because I'm not, not me. It's out of respect <laughs> for like their personality and our relationship and our rapport versus my best friend, you know, he gets a little different variation on me than a lot of people do. When my mom has been listening to this podcast, she's like, Ashley, I've never heard you speak in certain ways before. I'm like, again, that's because obviously I have the ability to do some code switching. Yeah. You're talking to your girlfriend. Exactly. But again, to your, to your question and to your point, I get, I got Lena's point in the episode and yet she had to do her little code switch and when she talked to the girl, she wanted to get some, 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 some from. Some, 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 some. So every, everybody, the people, I have known people and I have friends who have tried to tell me, oh no, I don't do that. You know, I don't change the way I speak for anybody. You say that until you find yourself in a situation in which it becomes necessary for you to do so. Again, I don't think you have to lose hopefully your authenticity and who you ultimately are. But there are times and places and situations for everything. And as you become an adult, you have to do certain things to um, get where you need to get and get in certain doors. And hopefully we do reach a point, especially in terms of um, ability to open doors for ourselves to where that will be a little bit different and a little bit less. Well said, well said. The last thing I'm going to say about this episode, I really did enjoy the wakanda reference how it how it was essentially like a killmonger versus t'challa like yes. the radical versus the yes. let's say the respectability politic type person you know what i mean yeah I, 
I thought it was well done considering this show has not ve- been very kind to um, black actors. Uh, you know, the the young girl, Missy. <laughs> Jenny Slate, right? Jenny she, Slate. Yeah, stop voicing and, her. Yep. And that was during the whole racial awakening in June. She was actually one of the first people to say, you know what, I voice a person of color. How about a person of color voice this character? And I mess with Jenny Slate. I love Jenny Slate. Me too. But but I I, I'm like not for that, just because of her work. Yeah. Just same, same. And she used to date my boo, Chris Evans. Okay. Which was such an interesting coupling, but I loved it. I was here for it. Yeah. I was here for it. I think she may have broken his heart too, which is fascinating. But anyway, we digress. Girl. So it is time for the recap. So I'm super excited to get into the Queen's Gambit Part 2 discussion. Last week, we did episodes one through three. This week, we're doing episodes four through seven. So, Delora, we talked last week. We gave our grades. I gave the show a B plus. You gave it an A plus, 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 plus. I did. I did. Um, We got to see quite a bit of our main character, Beth, in the first three episodes. We saw her, you know, go through, unfortunately, tragedy losing her mother. She was at an orphanage. She really got into chess. She became a phenom. But we ended last week with her losing her first major match to Benny Watts at the U.S. Open in Vegas to become co-champion. So that's where we're about to pick up for episode four, titled Middle Game. So a quick summary Beth is transitioning in this episode, Delora, as we see her branch out with a new group of friends yes. from her Russian class. Uh, we see her lose her virginity, mm-hmm. and she graduates from high school. Class of 66, stand up. <laughs> she, she heads off to her Lord. first- Lord. <laughs> I was about to put my mom's business out there, but let's just say she was very young at that. Okay. <laughs> okay. She heads off for her first international tournament in Mexico City, where she faces the Russian Borgoff for the first time. And unfortunately, yet again, faces tragedy when her adopted mother, Alma, <sighs> passes away. So, Delora, let's get into these highlights of episode four. So, Best turn up, as I labeled it, with some of her Russian classmates. We see her, yes. you know, obviously this is the 60s. And yes. these classmates are college kids. So they're, they're smoking a little weed. They're drinking. A little. Not, not shocking because we know Beth, unfortunately, already has some substance abuse issues at her young she age. She gets down. What you talking yeah. about, Ashley? She do, I mean, she gets down. <laughs> she only 17 in this episode. But oh, uh, yeah. she, she, so does, she does lose her virginity to one she of the does. young men at that part. And girl, I wrote her last, how much longer I is what too. Beth said. First of all, I wrote the exact same quote down and then I followed it with, blah. <laughs> She was not pleased (laughs) nor satisfied with this experience, but she ends up telling Alma she had a good time on the phone. So maybe her mind is a good time just because it was something new or was she lying to Alma? Possibly. I will say I really did enjoy their relationship in this particular moment because there was a level of of trust Mm -hmm. and understanding from her mom 
of like, you know, you're hanging out with some college kids and stuff is going to go down. So instead of like preaching, um, what is it, uh, you know, don't do, don't do is like, well, just be careful. <laughs> yeah. She seemed more mother-like in this episode, but at the same time, how much can you really say to Beth when she's the breadwinner and she's, she, she's the reason why we have a roof over our heads. Touche. You know, that, that could get a little weird. Um, I also thought it was interesting that, the, unlike a lot of shows and films, they didn't really go about her first time as being like painful or awkward the way that you well, have in certain wait, other shows. It was absolutely awkward. What it do you was, mean? No, it was bad. It wasn't awkward. Yeah. Meaning like you seem out of sorts with what's happening. As oh, usual, yeah. Beth, Beth seems so self-possessed. It was yes. as if, I've done this before and you're terrible. Like, ma'am, this yes. is your first time. Like, you know, yes. that's what I mean. It wasn't awkward in that, like, I've never experienced this feeling before. Because if you've never had sex yeah. before, that's yeah. a new thing. It is. And I, you know, to your, to that point, it wasn't overhyped by any means. It mm -hmm. was kind of like, uh, well, this happened. <laughs> yeah. And I'm over it. I'm already over I'm it. I'm over it. Yeah. Sir, how much longer is this experience? Because this is trash. Okay. I will ask, um, ask you, why do you think she stayed, you know, in yeah, the apartment? Yeah, when they left her by herself? Yes. I think she was just enjoying probably this moment of freedom and difference from what she had been experiencing. You know, they show her cooking, cleaning. She put on somebody else's clothes. <laughs> you know, she just was kind of, you know, experiencing yeah. things I think that she had not really experienced. And again, Beth lives, in my opinion, a pretty solitary existence. You don't see her being in group she's, in social settings much. She so. lives in her brain. And yeah. she was like this the whole season, or series, you know what I mean? She's yes. very... A very internal or you know very cerebral yeah exactly exactly yeah she only lets as we i think spoke to in part one certain people in so it was it was interesting again i think she just wanted to prolong this interesting experience she was having so and i would like to bring up one more quote from um mama uh she did say she's like chest isn't the only thing in life and i yeah we get to that on their trip to mexico yes uh -huh. Um, but I know she says that, uh, during, um, her time at the college kids place. Oh, I, I didn't even remember that. I thought that was mm -hmm. what she said when she was like, you know, she probably brought it fun. up multiple times. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't written down definitely when they got to Mexico, but good point. That was another point of her feeling like, Hey, experience a little life, you know, live a little bit, Beth. Um, I wanted to move on to, to almost pen pal that she had uh, from high school <laughs> since we're talking about love, I guess, or such. Um, so Alma had this pen pal from high school that she had been communicating with for years, Manuel. And since they were going to Mexico City, she wanted to spend time with him. This is the first time she had ever met him before, Delora. She was yep. so excited, they even went early. But it, but it seemed like Beth got a little jealous of this relationship. Yeah. Cause they were spending like multiple times a day together. There's mm -hmm. one point in time where you see Beth kind of like glaring at them through like the window on like a yes. night out. Um, yes. So what were your thoughts? About, I mean, inevitably, unfortunately, Manuel gets pulled away on a business trip. So it got mm -hmm. cut off short, but what did mm -hmm. you think about this new introduction to uh, Alma in terms of like a personal life or a love life? So I was really excited for it. I put it in my notes mama is getting her groove back mama gotta have a life too baby exactly. boy <laughs> exactly and so 
I was I was excited for her because she was like this was like the first time I think we saw her giddy like she yes. had been so miserable up until yes. this point I mean with you know moments of light with her uh, budding relationship with Beth mm-hmm. but this was the first time where she was just like oh I am putting on the lipstick where are my stockings we're going to have a good time we're going out dancing i loved it i loved it i will say um i couldn't decide whether beth was possessive or jealous granted Mm. they can they can be one of the same yeah but it was kind of hard for me to read how she felt because this was the first time she actually showed some real emotion towards a person. So very true. It was really kind of hard to determine. So that's Mm -hmm. where I was left wondering. I just felt like it showed finally that Beth really cared substantially about another person, right? Mm, That she had such an attachment to Alma that to not have Alma's attention and light shine on her bothered her more than probably even Beth would have imagined it would have bothered her. Like when he goes away, she's like, oh, you know, we can have dinner together. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, Beth. Like, is it too much to say you may love your mother? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think think it was kind of cute. But um, uh, this is where I want to kind of pivot back into your point about Alma's advice and kind of hearing her say, hey, Beth, you need to like chill and relax and live life a little bit. Mm-hmm. She tells her, you know, intuition doesn't just come from books when it comes to her playing chess. She wanted yes. Beth she wanted Beth to kind of like go out and experience Mexico a little bit while she was there. Mm-hmm. Um, my question that I had for this was, was Beth at this point taking things too seriously? Was she not enjoying herself or her life because they also had the flashback to the advice from from Scheibel from Mr. Scheibel saying yes. you've got your gift and you've got what it costs you have so much anger in you you have to be careful mm-hmm. so I was just curious as to did you think at this point Beth needed to be a little more loose uh in her in her life or or was should she have stayed focused on chess no I think it I think it made sense for where she was because because she was such um an intuitive player before and after quote unquote losing, meaning tying with Benny, she f- probably took that as a wake up call and realized that if she was going to get to the Russian, she has to be on her P's and Q's because I mean, at the end of the day, mama may be using this as a vacation, but Beth is trying to get paid. Exactly. So, and she wants to be, as we've said previously, be best at yes. what she does. So. And she knew that the Russian was the best in the world. And so that was her biggest fish, uh, you know, to fry at and this point. And the only player that she feared, as she said, was, was yes. Borgoff, was the Russian. I, to your point, too, feel like, you know, I'm sure Beth at this point felt like she needed to refocus, but I also felt like I was a little bit annoyed, I think, with Alma in this moment, because it was like, you have no idea what it takes to be great. Zero. What I'm doing. Zero. You know what I mean? That and would no be like shame. telling Michael Jordan his prime. No shame, Don't go but... to the gym. Go outside and, and, and do something fun. Like, excuse me? I'm trying to be the best. This was a, this was what, was this the Mexican Open? um this was the this was the tournament in mexico city yes yeah major major so it's like we're not playing state championships anymore (laughs) again her first international showing right i have to win i want to win one competitor i wanted to mention outside of her borgoff you know kind of a match is the youngster russian georgie girev 
I loved, I loved this boy. So he really gives Beth a run for her money. He is 13 years old, Delora. And she ends up telling him, she ultimately defeats him, but she tells him that he is the best player she's ever played. He was Mm -hmm. playing, started playing chess at the age of four, was district champion by seven. And I just have in my notes, it shows the caliber of talent that was coming out of Russia. We heard yes. about how big and bad Russia is in terms of chess. This is the first time we're seeing it. If this 13-year-old, she's saying, is the best player she's ever played, even though he says, after she says that, he said, that's until you play Borgoff, right? Again, yes. Borgoff is the cream of the crop, even in Russia, guys. So yes. I, have I, to I say, found him, go ahead. I found him so adorable. Absolutely. My question to you, because I didn't know how to read it, mm-hmm. when he asked her about the drive-in movies or something like that. Was he trying to, was he messing with her mentally? Like trying to psych her out? I I shouldn't say no as if I know definitively. In my opinion, ma'am, no. (laughs) I think, again, it was just supposed to show like his humanity and where he was at being a 13-year-old and especially probably the level of discipline that Mm. the Russians have and the level of, um, probably having to practice and do things. I think he just wasn't able to really live his life as a kid. So he was, I think he was genuinely curious. Now was Beth playing around with him on the second portion of her match when she was getting up, walking around? Yeah, absolutely she was. Yeah. He didn't know what to do with that. You talked about psyching somebody out from from the first three episodes. That was definitely a psych out on Beth's part. Like, come on, kid, I'm done. She was not having that small talk, though. She looked at him like, you're asking me about what? Yes, she does. She does say at the end, though, she's like, you know, I've never been to a drive-in movie either. So she does inevitably mm-hmm. bond with him a little bit. And again, I just thought he was so freaking adorable. Yes. Um, the the combo with, the, with Borgoff and his entourage in the elevator is the next mm-hmm. highlight I have that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that they didn't know Beth spoke Russian, right? Yes. So There's they're, they're shit talking. They're at the front of the elevator. She's at the back. And it, to me, the fact that they're talking about Beth in this point just showed the level of a threat that Beth now was. Her reputation preceded yeah. her. You know, obviously, inevitably, Borgoff still defeats her in this, but it was the first glimpse of, like, the level that Beth has reached in her play and the level of seriousness that other players are taking her when the best of the best is talking about her. Um, I also thought it was crazy that you hear the twins telling her when he when they get off, she was like, who is, who is that guy that he's with? Oh, that's the KGB. They're with him to make sure he doesn't run away. <laughs> Delora. They are very ser- serious about this game and their country being represented. Oh like, my gosh. Insanity. I wasn't Insane. ready for that. I was no. not ready for that. I was like, oh, that's a different level. Y'all holding them hostage to play chess? <laughs> okay. I get it. For Mother Russia. Girl. Jesus. Um, so let's move on to, to back to Alma. So Alma, after this match, after Beth defeats Bor at loses, not defeats, after mm-hmm. Beth loses to Borgoff, she goes back to the hotel room. She's talking to Alma. She looks back. Alma has passed away, Delora. Mm. It's like a double whammy for the audience, right? We yes. were rooting for her against Borgoff, obviously, but then also you're losing yet another parental figure in your life. Yes. It was almost too much for me. I'm like, how much tragedy are y'all going to make this young woman yes. go through? Honestly, who does she have? Who, who does she have? You, when I tell you you're speaking to my, my heart in this moment so much, yes. because I said this to my mom when we were talking about the show. I said, you know, I have felt 
lonely in life at times, but I have never felt truly alone. Mm -hmm. And in this moment, I felt that Beth was so alone because most people, you may feel lonely because you're not around someone in a moment, but you know, you can pick up the phone, you know, you can hop on a flight, you know, yes. who, who did Beth have to rely on anymore? Now that Alma mm -hmm. had passed, it just crushed me. So um, inevitably they say she supposedly died of hepatitis, which goes back mm -hmm. to our thought of, was she sick? Was it the pills? Yes. Was it the alcohol? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, mm -hmm. but she also contacts her adopted father who we hadn't talked about or heard from in a little bit to deliver the news yes. that Alma had passed away. Girl, he asked Beth to handle it, says he doesn't have time to be coming to Mexico City, but but tells her, oh, you know, you can go ahead and keep the house, though. For he Washed said that for now. his hands of his wife. Yes. I mean, he gave her some advice, at least, about where to bury her. Mm -hmm. But again, it goes back to, I was happy that Alma had at least this, this love with potentially the Mexico City pen, pen pal, because it seemed mm -hmm. like she was in a loveless marriage, you know? Oh my gosh, like again. With the man who did not That's care about why her at I all. didn't have a problem with Manuel because I'm like, honestly, when was the last time she was this giddy? Seriously. You deserve a man to love on you. I mm -hmm. hope you got some, Alma. You know, I know she did. see it, but I, want, I hope she did. I know she did. And one of the things I wanted to bring up before we conclude this episode, um, I loved how in some way she conquered her fear in, in playing in front of an audience. Granted, it wasn't, you know, an official show, but it was, mm -hmm. it was quite a few people and she played beautifully. And I don't know, I just, it, when, you, when you know what happens to her, I'm happy that she had these moments of light. Before oh, you mean end. when Alma was playing the piano yes. down in the hotel lobby? Yes. yes. And she was like, what happened to your stage fright? She was like, oh, when it's for fun, you know, I don't take it too seriously. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I love, again, that they gave Alma a gift mm -hmm. so that it didn't seem, it, it, not that her death wasn't still tragic for me, but it was like, well, at least you had something that brought you light and love and happiness while you were alive it, because there it were got her out of that house yeah there were a lot of things going on that that made me sad for Alma and then Dora we're going to conclude this episode with um Beth unfortunately getting back into her beloved green peels while she's in Mexico because she didn't need a prescription she did not she did not and then when she got her her first dose she was like more please Mas. Oh, man. Did you have any other highlights for episode four before we move on to five? Nope. I'm ready. Okay. Well, let's, let's go on to episode five, guys, titled Fork. So in summary, Beth returns to Kentucky, her hometown, following the death of Alma, but has an unexpected new friend and companion and former opponent, Harry Beltic, who offers to help Beth with her chess game and prep for the U.S. championship in OH, Ohio, at the championship, she replays and beats Benny Watts. Mm -hmm. So let's get into some highlights, Delora. This was the first, I think this was the first episode where we start to get some more insight into her mother because we start seeing flashbacks mm -hmm. of her mother's advice. And it seemed like it was always obviously timely to whatever Beth was going through. This one is about being alone because ultimately, again, as we just spoke to, it seems like Beth is alone. She's just lost yes. her last parental figure, the one that she was probably arguably the closest with because her yes. mother didn't seem like she was really in her right mind. Available. Exactly. So it was very timely. Um, and then as far as the, the Harry and Beth relationship, it mm -hmm. had been five years since she's seen Harry. 
Wow. He yes. got his he got his teeth, teeth fixed, fixed. Yes. which inevitably he tells her it was for her. Mm. And and we see Beth has become can become a woman. So she did. Yes. My question about their relationship, because you know, we see multiple facets of their relationship throughout this episode. You know, she offers him an opportunity to come move into her house. Um, they end up in a physical relationship together, mm-hmm. even though she was still kind of her cold usual self where she didn't care if he slept in the bed with her afterwards or not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we see, you know, him finding out about her addiction to pills yes. and kind of trying to talk her away from that, all those things. But my question to you about the full circle of their relationship in this episode was, did she really need Harry's help or was she just lonely? Because inevitably... Beth is not just better at chess, but yes. she is, she can see things and figure out things on a much bigger, faster scale than Harry Quicker. is possible. Extremely sharp. So, so what do you think her motivation is? And then we'll get into what his motivation was. Well, I'm glad you phrased it that way because in my notes, I, I put down first time Beth has been open to help and I don't think I don't think it was solely because she was lonely. I, I, well, you know, possibly, possibly, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I think she also hadn't had anybody walk up to her and say, "Hey, I like to help you." You know what I mean? And honestly, I don't think she would have been open to it. But again, after you know doing the co the co winning of the U.S. Open and then losing to um, the Russian, I feel like. She, I, I felt like she was just open. I think that was the level of vulnerability with Alma having passed on. And mm-hmm. that house was was really big and empty. I mean, we, we got that in how she, you know, looked when she approached the stairs or, you know, entering her room by herself for the first time. And then in terms of motivation for, for Harry, I think he was fascinated with her. I think like so many of the men that she came across, they just... She had that X factor. She she has had that uh, je ne sais quoi, you know. And she was a bad wanted, bitch. Okay. He wanted, he wanted some of that energy. He wanted some of her <laughs> light to shine on him. Yeah, it's something too when you're. Ta- I feel like people were absolutely attracted to her talent, and that's what yes. we're talking about in terms of you know that je ne sais quoi and her being a bad bitch. But I also think it's something to be said for people who don't pay you any attention and your desire to be next to those people to Mm. prove to those people for some reason or another yes exactly i feel like that's such a human thing that we do Mm. um because she 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 is so nonchalant and again she's such an ego killer eater whatever you want to call it much to get emotionally close to beth in any capacity whatsoever right it's really just about you being there and then somehow maybe y'all will form a bond you know exactly proximity to your your point i think definitely harry was fascinated he's the one who reached out to her to call he said he had been waiting for her to come home Mm -hmm. he got his teeth fixed for her again i think he was interested in something romantically with her um i do based on Yes. His approach I genuinely do um I think it came to a point obviously where he felt that was not working out and he needed to move on which is why he said listen I need to get mm-hmm. go ahead and get my own apartment I need I'm studying to become an electrical engineer I don't want to be a chess bum 
So yes. I have to go on about my life. And I was happy for Harry in that moment too, because I think it's mm -hmm. so easy to get caught up in, in things that we want versus what's best for us. Yes. And I, I actually, I, f I feel the same way. I, I felt like, wow, his self-awareness is something to be applauded because mm -hmm. there are so many people who don't know their self-worth one mm -hmm. or yes, they get, yes. and when I say that, like they get so awestricken by, you know, that star, that phenom that they have to like realize, Hey, what am I doing for myself? Instead of, mm -hmm. you know, constantly giving myself to someone else, you know, right. who, who again, what she missed him but not for long i mean <laughs> <laughs> beth beth probably thought about it for two seconds and was like uh okay um but at the end though i did think it was helpful that harry is really acknowledging that he knows that there's something going on with her and yes. you know he compares her to another and sorrow I girl first of all stop this stop this i have <laughs> My next note, I will say he compares Sorry. her to, you're fine, it's crazy, compares her to another prodigy, makes that reference, and this, this prodigy lost his mind and retired from chess at the age of 22. So again, I think his concern for her is very valid, and as, a, yes. as an audience member, I'm happy that, again, we're at this place where we think she has nobody left to kind of look after her in the world. There is still, there are still people around who seem to have genuine care and concern for not just her as the chess prodigy, but her as a human being. Mm -hmm. And I respected Harry for that. Um, I did want to move us forward a little bit to when mm -hmm. we get to the championship in Ohio. And we are yet again encountering uh, another prodigy, uh, Mr. Benny Watts. Mm -hmm. Explain to me why Benny carries a knife for protection. <laughs> Explain this to me. This goes back to my reference of calling him Indiana Jones. Why does this man have a knife on his thigh for protection? I'm confused. When he said for protection, I was like, for what? And then I I literally did an eye roll and said, whatever. This this rebel without a cause is doing the absolute most as far as I'm concerned. I'm like, dude. For the mean dangerous streets of being a chess prodigy, I guess Benny needs a knife. But interesting. Um, I also love the scene in this episode where Benny lures Beth into the speed chess before their match at the championship and just like, mops the floor with her because this is going to come back up in a next in the yes. next episode um yes. he beats her multiple times they're playing five dollars a game for money uh speaking of like who carries that much cash anymore that was one thing i thought about too i was oh. like i would not have much cash on me to play 1960s games. that's all you had exactly exactly that's what i'm saying like that's what i was thinking like how much how much cash i'll be carrying around but i forgot what era we were in at the time good thing um, she's not a gambler on a regular basis because goodness gracious we'll get to that too that it seems like benny may have been a little more of a gambler than what was healthy for him right um yes. but what do you think at this point in time was benny's ultimate goal or intention with this at first you think it's to psych her out he ends up saying i didn't need that to to beat you um do you think his intention was to help make her better what was his point at this at this moment? Because it's the night before they're going to face off against each other in the championship. For, for the championship. Yep. Um, honestly, I think I think it's just all mental games at this point because he didn't have a real relationship with Beth. Um, I just, yeah, I think he was trying to psych her out. Obviously, he didn't do a good enough job, but she she didn't like it. She didn't like it at all, but she hates losing. So exactly, especially 
because I think at this point, the fact that she ends up beating Benny just shows the level now she is at with her chest. So yes. it was speed chess, which guys, if you haven't seen the episode, is different than regular chess in that obviously you don't have time to consider your moves. You're going purely off of your instinct. So mm-hmm. he at that point was better at that than her. But at chess, how it's normally played, she beat him. And I love the scene in the bar where they're talking it through. And he's like, I can't believe I let this mm-hmm. get by me or what have you. Mm-hmm. Because again, Benny is the one who previously in Vegas was able to spot her error yes. from just reading about it. And now we're at the point yes. where I'm, I'm tripping you up. It was very satisfying. Apparently the work she did with Harry was worth it. <laughs> Apparently, Maybe. <laughs> Harry was helpful. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but also in this scene at the bar, Beth makes a pass at Benny saying, oh, I like your hair. Mm-hmm. He does that not take the bait. was he, so weird. It was so not, weird. He did not take the bait. He said, about sex, forget it. <laughs> okay? Off limits. Off and yet, limits. yet he invites her to New York because he wants to help train her for her next big international yes. meet, which is going to be in Paris. Yes. So that, that's and what we're going to eventually move into for episode six. We Go also ahead, learned that she she's invited to the Mescal Invitational as well. She sure is, y'all. She's on. She's internationally known, okay? Um, did you have anything else for episode five before I move into episode six? Nope. Beth goes to New York. Beth goes to New York. All right. Episode six, adjournment. So in summary, Beth heads to New York City with Benny to train and to stay with him before heading to Paris for a rematch with Borgoff. Unfortunately, Jesus, she ultimately sabotages herself with a fun night out with a new friend she met that she met in New York with Benny. Mm -hmm. This actually ends up taking us back to those opening scenes of the entire series, right, Laura? Where we first meet Beth is in that bathtub the night Mm -hmm. after this, and she's meeting Borgoff for that rematch. So let's get into some of the highlights of this episode. We, we, we go all the way back to our discussion about the cutting of the hair and the burning of the dress. This is the mm-hmm. episode where we see that Beth's mother made her that dress and mm-hmm. said that it was so that she never forgot who she was. Did that make you even more sad about burning that dress? It did. It did. And I, and I, rem- I remember when Beth introduced herself to someone they were like, oh, your name's Elizabeth. And she's like, no, it's Beth. And and at that particular moment, I'm, you know, when you're seeing that her mom made her, you know, put her name into her clothes and things like that. I'm like, oh, that's in, in remembrance of her mom. And I thought that was so sweet. And so, and honestly, the only thing that she has left of her mom in some ways, you know? Yeah. Now all she has is her memories. That was yes. sad. When we get to Benny's in New York City, my thought was, how far underground <laughs> did Benny actually leave? Ashley, I was disturbed. <laughs> Ashley, I was like, what in the silence of the lambs Girl. is happening right now? Because I, I couldn't have done it. I, and honestly, when I saw that shower, <laughs> I literally said to myself, fuck me. Like, no. <laughs> like, like <laughs> Never in a million years. Never. That's why, again, we talked about this in a previous uh, podcast. 
I don't go over. I don't stay at anybody's house. We need. Oh to, no, I ma'am. Need to know exactly what the situation is. Okay. I literally wrote down. Should Beth have asked a few more questions about his accommodations before she agreed to go stay with him? And then he had the nerve uh, to say, "You're in my dungeon, but no alcohol. I, you need to drink to to forget all sir, of my surroundings, please." This, this air mattress you had me on in 1966, 1967. <laughs> You know, everything was was crazy to me. First of all, was it ungentlemanly like of him to have not offered her the bedroom? They're peers, so I don't think he need. I mean, they're technically not in that type of relationship, so True. I, I don't think he had to do anything. This that just is a question that came off the top of my head. I didn't even have that written down. I was just yeah, wondering. I was wondering what you <laughs> thought. Can we, can we talk about the man? The same man who wears a cowboy hat, leather coat, with a knife on his hip also wears a kimono <laughs> around the house Who he's, is a man of, he's a man Who of mystery he has many sides to him benny has many 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 sides to are him. are we playing dress up every day like what are we doing where's his closet was another question i had how big is that little room i was just curious i was just curious to give him the benefit of the doubt he is in new york and new york has always been expensive so oh, for sure for sure but again, I just, you know, I was, I would not have been happy when I came down to the dungeon. I will say that. Um, another question, why was he getting parking, ticket, parking tickets on his car when it was parked outside of his own place? Well, just like most cities, even though it's in front of your house, if it's city streets, you get ticketed. I, I mean, I've seen that, unfortunately. I don't get it being the suburban chick that I am. But uh, <laughs> it's a thing. I, again, I was slightly confused. I'm like, you don't know where to park? So you're not getting racking up tickets at My your own house? Well, you would think, or you're not even trying. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's my deal. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. Maybe he just did not care because I was confused. Anyway, that's a small detail, guys. We'll get back on, on some of the bigger highlights. Um, now we've now seen both Harry and now Benny wanting and being willing to really help and be there for Beth to train her for these matches why do you think these former and current really at least in Benny's case opponents of hers want to help her succeed is it respect is it wanting to see her beat the Russians is it their sexual attraction yeah you literally took the words out of my mouth I I was gonna I was going to say respect I think they respect her you know game recognize game and it's like well she's the only one that's out here that's moving forward she's she needs to represent us and I think um I I I want to say something but I'll wait till we get to that point but it's um it is something like I like I I personally understand like being attracted to someone based off of like their intelligence or like yes. their skills. I mean, honestly, that's what we that's what the whole world of celebrity is all about. You know, these people who are really good at one or two things, but then you know that's why we also don't want them talking about politics or anything else because <laughs> that's not what they're good at. You know? Yes, really skilled with the microphone. Or, you know, acting on screen or stage, but, you know, that's what attracts people to think, you know, to, 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 yes. to those people's light, so to speak. So and there's actually, I can't even think of the term right now, but there's a term for people who are supposedly 
phys- uh, attracted to someone based on just their mind, right? I can't even think yes. of the term right now. But um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think it was supposed to be about respect. I also think it is, as Benny mentions, that especially because she's going to ultimately face the Russians, one of the, one of the things Benny mentioned was the reason why the Russians are so good is they play as a team, right? In America, we're so used to and conditioned to be individual-minded, Yes. And in Russia, it was for I the ultimate that. good of, of the country and of being the country, for the country. The representation of it all. And yeah. yes, they call, and that's why it's called adjournment. Like there's this these, um, this time in between the, the competitions. And yes, and, and like you said, you know, Americans were known to do it more individually, you know, spend mm-hmm. their own time. And honestly, that's what she has been, that's, that's the way that Beth has been doing it all this time. So for sure, not necessarily always out of because she wanted to, though. I think again, yes. it, it speaks to her what she's experienced at this point. She didn't think probably she had anybody she could depend on in that way. Um, because her once trust. help is offered, exactly trust. once help is offered, we haven't seen her d- really turn it down. True. So um, I have another highlight is watching Beth beat Benny and his friends again, going back to that speed chest when she did that simultaneous with them in speed chest. That was glorious. It was, it was wonderful. Glorious. And fun, fun fact. It's the actress favorite scene of the, of the show. She, she talked about it on an interview with, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I believe Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. She yeah, said that it's, she loved that. it was it was very satisfying to me, especially again because while she beat Benny in the match, Benny still had beat her in in speed chess, and so to see Benny really get really deflated in that moment, you know, he ultimately tells her to stop. Because remember when they were playing before, he was like again, again, again. So she does the same thing to him. He's like, no, enough. But what I will say is, I, I'm really confused on how she lost so many times the last time they did this and then she'd be you know she mopped the floor with him on these other times because it's supposed to show again i think that beth her development was still being fulfilled right she her not her development she was still developing she had not reached the pinnacle of yes, her, of her ability yet. exactly yes. so okay. she is a, she's a sponge she's absorbing all these experiences as she's having them is what i took from it and it's mm-hmm. like you may you think you may have beat me but you're only going to beat me one time the next time we see each other i'm gonna mop the floor with you i got you and that's I got what she you did. but ultimately after they play Benny didn't want to have sex for her. Now he's ready to have sex. Yes, so I, I actually put he, that down. <laughs> did, he, did he want to have sex to make himself feel better? Or was it, and I wrote in my notes, you bested my mind. Now you can have my body. <laughs> well, honestly, I was on the same page where I'm just like, okay, so did she have to earn you or something? Uh-huh. Little you, you, you know a little bit. You know what I mean? Bit. Like, okay, yeah. so she 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 beats him and he now he wants to bang. Like I, I don't yes. yes. So but it was also I wasn't mad because it was best first good sex. She says, yes. so that's what it's supposed to feel like. I wrote sorry, yes. Harry. Sorry, yes. Harry. <laughs> I put I, I, I put best sex she ever had, and he's talking about chess. Yes, immediately after. Immediately after, guys. <laughs> he's so clueless. Of course, he he's so clueless. He is. So let's move it forward a little bit to, to Paris. So Beth seemed focused and prepared as she is sober, facing all these competitors sober. 
And it seems like, oh, she's going to be ready to reface Borgoff. She's going to be good to go. But she trash talking at the the media day. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Spoke a little Russian there at the end. Like, or was that French? I think it was Russian. Was it French or Russian? It was was Russian. Russian. Okay. Because that was her time to show him like, hey, I speak Russian. That time you thought I didn't know what you were talking about. Yes. Yes. And you see him even smirk. I'm like, okay, Borgoff, I see you. Yes. Um, But unfortunately, she allows Cleo, who she met in New York, that was one of Benny's friends. She let mm-hmm. her derail her her night before she was supposed to face Borgoff. She came to the hotel. She They went down to the bar. Were you disappointed in Beth as an audience member in this moment, Delora? Well, Ashley, I am convinced that Cleo was a KGB operative. <laughs> there is no reason for this girl to have shown up the night before the big, this was the playoffs or whatever you call it. Jess. This was the chip. <laughs> this was the championship. This was the, the ship. championship game. And you want to go out a little bit so much so that y'all both got so wasted. Y'all barely made it to the room. And <laughs> Girl, I, I, how, I didn't trust her. Why was Beth in the her. damn bathtub and she was in the bed? Like, what happened? What was y'all doing? Exactly. And they don't show us. We, You just see her taking that drink back in the next scene, knocking on the doors in the dark. Girl. You know, it, it was a fun sequence, uh, that whole scene, her getting to the table and, um, you know, all the flashing lights and everything like that. But I, I'm convinced. I, I don't trust Cleo as far as I can throw her. Apparently, I could throw her, but uh, her being a supermodel and all. Yes. You sound like my mom. This is the same exact thing my mom said. She said, I was, I was uh, concerned that she was working for the Russians. And I was like, I think what it was, and I say, uh, go back to the episode that we talked about with Alma. I don't think some people know what it takes to be great at something. Mm-hmm. I think some yes. people take things more lightly and think, oh, well, if you've prepared all the time up to this point, you should be good, right? But mm-hmm. what disappointed me, because I was disappointed mm-hmm. in Beth, was that I thought that we were moving past the point where Beth was going to let her vices stop her from succeeding. The best of her, yes. That is what bothered me more than anything. So, you know, and this, she, after the match, she claims to Benny, oh, I could have been stone cold sober. It wouldn't have made a difference. I didn't believe that. You're lying to yourself, right? You have reached the point where you defeated yourself. Borgoff did not defeat you. You defeated yourself. The so whole match was a mess, by the way. I had so much anxiety watching she it. She was down in so much water. I'm like, bathroom break is inevitable because there's the, no way. The last thing I want to say about that match um, before we move move on, when she dropped that tear, I didn't, I felt, I just felt some kind of way too. I'm like, don't, don't let them see you cry. Like, you're such know. a great actress. Those actresses who can drop one tear out of one eye on cue, yes. like, stop this, Anya. You know you're doing your thing, girl. <laughs> That was but magic. I, but you understand what I mean. It's like you're already, you know, one of um one woman in this male dominated game and she's young too and it's like, oh, she cried. You oh, like for sure. You cry? For like, sure. No. That's, like, and that's about that's about pride, right? Because you True. know, I'm a woman, I don't like to cry publicly. Same I face. say this all the time. Like never do it. They say never no, say never, but I'm never gonna do cry it. privately, but I never <laughs> want to cry publicly um about anything. So um, you know, to your point, I get it, but I think it's just supposed to show again the fact that she defeated herself. The fact that in this moment she came so unprepared 
that she had to ultimately just admit defeat and was not where she needed to be mentally. So I was pretty upset. Um, again, after the match, she heads back to Kentucky. Benny wants her to come to New York. She's like, no, I want to go back to Kentucky. I need to be alone. He thinks Declines he's going to drink her. Invitation. She, she thinks he's, she, he thinks she's going to drink and peel, peel, peel pop her sorrows away. Um, mm-hmm. her, her adoptive father, Mr. Wheatley, suddenly pops back up, girl, girl. and wants this house. Yep. Uh, he's, such a, he's such a cruel, pathetic person in this scene because yes. he speaks ill of Alma He's yes. talking crazy to her when she's like, listen, I'm your child. You chose to adopt me. You're no child of mine and X, Y, and Z. I mean, I just thought it just, again, we already thought he was terrible. He mm-hmm. illuminated even more so the, the deficits in his character, in my opinion, in this scene. Yes. Um, <laughs> Wheatley is the worst kind of man. Mm. He's a coward. He couldn't look her in the eye. Mm. I, I mean, it, he, coward, pathetic, and a liar. Yep. Th- th- those were the adjectives I you wrote. You misunderstood me. You mis- How did I misunderstand you, sir? When you said that I could have the house, all I had to do was keep up the mortgage payments. Yes, but I'm so glad she stood her ground in that negotiation. I, I bet he didn't think it was going to a negotiation, but every conversation is a negotiation, okay? And she came okay, with the business receipts. School. <laughs> snaps. Okay, business school. Everything is a negotiation. Y'all don't know about my girl, Delora. Y'all don't know about my girl, Delora. Y'all ain't ready. But what I will say is the way that lawyer left that scene, I'm sure he had never seen a woman talk like that ever in his life. <laughs> Probably, right? Especially the fact that she could afford it on her own because she offers to buy the house for 7000 And she said, minus what I paid to bury mother, of course. You know, most women Period. at that time, as we mentioned previously with Alma's situation, were not in a financial uh, did not have the financial backing to be able to do things for themselves. A woman can open up her own bank account until 1975. <laughs> Thank you, RBG. Listen but to those seriously. facts, kids. Listen to those facts. You hear that? Say that again, Delora. <laughs> a woman could not open up uh, her own bank account until 1975. Mm. Okay. So, you know, it, it was unheard of. And obviously this is still fiction, but still it was... Uh, it was a All wonderful has elements of fact very true so yes. um well except maybe game of thrones but neither here nor there uh, <laughs> so it mirrors point, real life wars <laughs> we could say that we could say i mean there's humanity in the characters regardless right that's the point is there's always some level of true humanity in these characters that we watch in these shows uh moving us forward a little bit a christian group offers to pay for best trip to russia you mentioned that Russia got uh, that Russia that Beth had gotten invited to that Moscow Invitational tournament, um, and but she needed funding because again she just spent all this money now she's about to buy the house, you know she she she's still not in a place where she can necessarily do everything she needs to do, um, so she calls tells Benny Benny tells her he misses her Dolores she doesn't even respond to that at this point in time, uh, yeah. Beth at this point was doing well at home by herself, not drinking, not, you know, falling to her addiction until one night out by herself, she gets a drink and the floodgates open and she goes on a bender. Yes. She worried me so much in that scene where she passed out and hit her head on the table. Mm-hmm. Harry came by the house to try to check up on her. She was knocked out. So what I will say to that <laughs> really quick, I'm so so excited for the home makeover by the way uh because it was needed with with her buying her home 
Oh, yes. When she revamped what Alma had done. I hated the wallpaper. I hate wallpaper usually in general, but that wallpaper from the 60s has to be used sparingly and it has to be like an accent wall. But um, but one of the things that I thought was interesting um, on uh, on Twitter, a lot of people didn't appreciate that her rock bottom was still very glamorous her hair was still done she was in her underwear and she was wearing eye makeup and the people are like give me a break y'all want to see her looking like a crackhead i guess okay okay they were just saying um the commentary was more so like of course this is how men think women are you know rock bottom gonna look good they're still gonna look good they're just gonna be crazy in the head right yeah which by the way i didn't like that black eyeliner that black eyeliner freaked me out so yeah i was impressed that she knew how to do it frankly (laughs) it was not easy (laughs) oh i i hated it so her her, she as a part of this whole bender situation her next local match she ended up walking out of because she was so messed up she ran into the girl from her very first match when she went to the kentucky tournament who came there to see her and thank her in person. She ended mm-hmm. up going pre-med, which I was very excited for, especially at that point yes. in time, right? And yes. then Harry showed up as well, because again, he couldn't get a hold of her. And mm-hmm. again, showed his concern and tried to tell her, listen, you really need to get some help. So at the very end of the episode, Laura, mm-hmm. guess who shows up at her front door? Who? Jolene shows up Jolene, at her house. Jolene. Jolene, you better Jolene. sing it and with the with the with that fro <laughs> and the leather so jacket bro. i said I all like, i needed her to do was throw up a black power sign one like, time. come through black panther listen come listen all right well we're on that note you ready to move into episode seven our final episode of the whole series uh yes the, the only thing i wanted to mention on this episode was I was absolutely obsessed with her style at this point when she went to Paris. Like her look was fire. Like the hair, the the eyeliner, the the turtleneck. It was giving me Ardy Hepburn vibes. I just loved mm, it. Yeah, good point. It was, it, yeah, so I just wanted to give her a shout out on that. I was like, come through looks. Come I think through. episode seven was my favorite, especially that jacket she wears that has like the the button collar. Like I mm. loved her style yes. this last episode. So on that note, episode seven, in game, guys. In summary, Jolene, not Marvel though. Not There's Marvel. No- <laughs> <laughs> There's no superheroes in this one. Even though I wouldn't be mad if Anya ended up in the next Marvel movie. She's she, phenomenal. She's in one, by the way. The new Mort more uh i'm sorry new mutants that's the name of the oh it came out this year yeah that was delayed for a long time sorry not to get off get us off track the more you know yes in summary of episode seven in game jolene helps beth clean up her act and get back on track with her focus on russia and laura she even loans this girl three thousand dollars money on her trip saving for law school school. wow huge yeah they revisit the orphanage to attend mr scheibel's funeral who has passed away Mm -hmm. and that when we get to the tournament in russia beth finally beats the big bad chess wolf borgoff yes when i tell you that is absolutely one of my favorite things i cannot wait till we get to it anyway yes so some of the highlights of this episode we finally see another glimpse of Beth's likely birth father. 
So mm-hmm. at the beginning of the episode, best mom popped up and visited the dad's house, seemingly. Yes. He had a whole wife and son. Told Ashley, her, it's too late. Please go. Yes. And it's been five years since uh, the his visit to the trailer from, I believe, episode one. So whether or not he was, remember how in previous uh, segment or previous uh, part one, I mentioned, was he married? Why was it that he didn't take Beth after the mother died? But he mm-hmm. may have been single and now he's married. And because of the whatever relate, type of relationship they had, you know, he just wasn't on any of the documentation and paperwork. And she never exactly. told Beth, like, that's your daddy. So I, I put, um, so this is when Beth was a little bit older, where we meet her at the orphanage. And um, <laughs> I put in my notes, I'm like, was Beth a break baby? Is this lady hold, holding their reconciliation, baby? Like, you know what oh. I mean? Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand yeah. this situation. Yeah. And they, and they do not tell you blatantly what what is going on you kind of have to put the puzzle pieces together exactly but uh but her mom was married at one point so that's the part where i'm just like okay who was her husband unless unless this man left her her mom Mm -hmm. went on to the new chick and then that was the break baby in in all (laughs) well especially right if she was doing what it seemed like she was doing which was going moving them around not telling her not telling him where they went stuff like that you know you could you could understand but it made me sad because again we're we're getting back to the scene where beth's mother ultimately has the car accident that doesn't seem like very much of an accident and you see her saying you know that you're a problem that i've got to solve yes basically it's a math it's like a math problem and again, just to show possibly the level of mentality that her mother had um, mm-hmm. was, was disturbing. But we get back to kind of Beth's relationship with Jolene in this episode. And Beth seems like she's so open with Jolene, which is so refreshing. She mm-hmm. tells her, you know, she's afraid to go to Russia, mm-hmm. openly wonders if addiction is in her blood because of her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, Jolene returns the book that she stole from her which i always she knew she took it i and, knew it exactly because you could tell that jolene was upset not just mm-hmm. because beth got adopted because she wants to get adopted but because she was bonded with beth right they spent a long time together in as orphanage. far as i'm concerned they are sisters that they is the family thing to sisters that they have in in, 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 in each their other's lives, lives. yes and ultimately, that is what Jolene ends up saying to her when she gives her this 3K because, mm-hmm. you know, you see Beth try to go to multiple sources, including Benny, to try to get this money to fund her trip Ooh, because the Christian order, he, girl, hold on, hold on just a second, we're going to get there, we're going to get there. So ultimately, the Christian crusade group that was going to fund it wanted Beth to make a statement on her position to the press and you know beth wasn't about it so they refused to fund her trip they asked her for the money back so she has to repay it all these things so she goes to tries to go to the state she tries to go multiple places she calls benny benny is so in his feelings in this moment for beth she calls him on the phone talks Mm -hmm. to him about it somehow he's broke and says he doesn't even have the money See, he I don't think he's broke. He just says, I don't have it. Away. I thought, mm-hmm. I, I believed her when it seemed like she was saying that he may have gambled it away. That was the full mm-hmm. circle to the point I made earlier, which was that whole speed yes. chess thing may have been more about his gambling addiction than anything. I. The way he's living in that freaking dungeon. 
Exactly. Um, but exactly. I actually took it as I don't have it because he had his panties in a bunch because she didn't take the time to see him after um, Paris. And so it made me really uncomfortable, that interaction. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm like, this dude, he, to me, it's like. He told her to never call him again. Girl, it was like you're really this sensitive, huh? <laughs> like, maybe because I'm a savage at heart, I just don't understand these Look emotions. Look at you. Look I'm at you. I'm, I'm a savage at heart. <laughs> Girl, you know. I cannot deal with you. I cannot. <laughs> but no, to your point, I think in this moment, again, we had the conversation with them previously where she, he said he missed her. She didn't respond. It seemed manipulative of her now to try mm. to come back and suddenly say, oh, well, I want you to go on. The, you don't want to go on this trip with me. I don't want to go alone. He's mm. like, listen, that's bullshit. Because you weren't here for this before you needed some money. So, yes, he was in his feelings, but did I knock Benny for it at the moment? No, because if this was a, a female, if this is a male approaching a female this way, we would be like, he ain't shit. You know oh, what I'm saying? Baby, 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 can you help me? Can you, can yeah. you spot me a toy? So yeah, so I can't, I can't have no double standards of Benny being in his feelings in this episode. If I had told somebody that I cared about that I missed them and they gave me silence on the other end, I'd be feeling some type of way too. So Benny, I ain't mad at you, baby. I ain't well, you mad. You looked at that scene a lot closer than I did. I was just like, dude really i'm just really? saying I, you know i'm giving benny grace i'm just i'm putting myself in that man's shoes and saying listen i'll be I'll probably be on your same page like do you boo find your money because i'm over this um so anyway <laughs> anyway let's get back to old jolene so again jolene was saving up for law school girl so she's come back into best life we're learning new things about her she ended up going to kentucky state for school mm-hmm. at first she was going to do physical education and girl she said she studied history and mm-hmm. it made her so upset that she decided to change her career path. She said, I'm going to be a radical. Mm-hmm. She is dating a married partner at a law firm where she's a paralegal. I wrote down two gems. I call them Jolene gems that I loved <laughs> from this conversation. Yes. One is when she told Beth, you've been the best at what you do for so long. You don't even know what it's like for the rest mm-hmm. of us. Yes. And then one of the most humorous things she said in the show, when Beth asked her, about her being dating this married white lawyer. Yes. What will other radicals think of you being with a rich white lawyer? She said, fuck them if they can't take a joke. <laughs> I was done. I was done. Honestly, I, I didn't it. hear it the first time she said it. So I had to rewind it. <laughs> I rewind it probably, probably like three times to be like, what is she saying? Yes. She like, if they don't, if they can't take a joke, hilarious i loved it i loved it so much this actress did a phenomenal job moses because again she played a what preteen teenager fan of at least almost two decades right like she went the distance she was fully woman when she was a woman you know what i mean exactly and so that was it was pretty impressive it kind of reminded me of uh normal people uh, when we uh did our review on that how Oh, yeah. Those actors were able to transform from the so the, the ages. <laughs> oh, man. Man. Again, normal people, you get an A. That's a show that moves me. Um, but I also wanted to speak to Mr. Scheibel real quick. And yes. obviously, unfortunately, him passing away. Um, Jolene and Beth both go back to the orphanage, attend the funeral. Um, we come to find out that Mrs. Deerdorf 
unfortunately had fallen and broken her hip. I say unfortunately because she's still a human being. Audience members may have felt otherwise. Uh, she had yeah. to walk with a cane and was never the same. She didn't even recognize Beth when Beth went in and saw her down the hall. Ashley, Ashley, Beth's interaction at the orphanage with Mrs. Deardorff, how do you pronounce it? Deardorff. Deardorff. I think. Was hella creepy for me. It literally reminded me of like those scary movies where the ghosts in a haunted house reenact the same scene over and over again, you know, not realizing that they're doing it because the way she just looked back and was like, get back to chorus young lady i was just like what is going on here obviously <laughs> she's older right um, yeah and she probably can't see but it was weird it was like creepy it was and, and it was kind of eerie anyway because you know beth didn't want to go in there anyway right exactly and originally when, did not and then when she was finally there everything was so much the same mm-hmm. where it was like it almost you know you know, poured the floodgates of everything exactly to time, you know, back in time. So I really love this sequence too because at first Beth is so Beth, and that when they went to um, Mr. Scheibel's funeral, you know, she's like, everybody's crying. And then she tells Jolene, I feel bad. I owe him $10. Like that yes. was such a Beth thing to say. But then when she decides to go back into the orphanage and she goes down there, she sees that he's kept clippings and articles that made me emotional kept track of her over the years had that picture that you spoke to uh that we we saw in the first uh three three episodes of them together you know she had a floodgate of emotion she really broke down for the first time in the entire series yes um and really if it wasn't for him she wouldn't be where she it, it, today. And I feel like it's one of those moments too where it's not just him you're crying for, it's the combination of everything that has led you to that moment. Yes. You know, I think she cried for Alma. I think she cried for her mother. I think she mm-hmm. cried for Mr. Scheibel. I think she cried for herself. I think yes. there was so much in that moment that we really got to see her kind of let go of. Um, Even reuniting with uh, Jolene, you know Absolutely. What I mean? This sister figure that she thought maybe was never going to come back into her life. And again, I love when Jolene ultimately says, you know, I'm here because you need me to be here. It's what family does. And I it, think they did that kind of, this is my cynical side coming out. Um, okay. I think they were trying to explain her being Beth's magical Negro in this particular Ooh. moment. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. oh no i don't um, know of if course, y'all was ready gonna... for that one i don't know if all of y'all was ready for that one but it's like you literally come out of nowhere and of course in the time of need the magical negro is there to save you okay. but the way like jada pinkett it, like jada pinkett to olivia jade okay oh my goodness ashley wow <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey, listen, I'm cutting up talk? today because I'm on my second crown of Coke, y'all. Okay. Wait, wait, real talk. I was literally going to say Will Smith to Matt Damon from Bagger Vance. Like, I literally was going to say that, but you know. Mm. You took you took the uh, the cake on that one. Thank you for that, friend. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. You know, I'm with you. I I I, I agree. And again, I think 
the fact that they have Jolene, and I'm not going to repeat some of the things that Jolene said in the, the show, but Jolene is very aware of her dynamic with Beth and all the other yes. white people that are in her orbit, especially in that era, right? So yes. it would be different if I felt like they tried to make Jolene less than that, but I think Jolene being fully self-aware made me feel better about the circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But she, but I mean, I don't want to critique it too much, but I mean, I don't know any Black people who talk like that, frankly, even the ones from the South, like, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, but, I, don't but know. I mean, she is an orphan. She, it's not like she had, you know what I mean. So she might be rough around the edges, and that includes. Well, I was gonna say language. she knows how to code switch, as we talked about. She's comfortable around Beth, but obviously, she said when she did that interview with the law firm, she, she knew she how to turn it on. Like, um, what was the word she used? Um, I can't remember her exact words, but I know what the scene you're talking about when she was driving yes. in that lawyer's really nice vehicle, really nice car. Yes. Uh, let's move forward a little bit for the sake of time. Let's let's move on to Russia. Let's move mm-hmm. on to this ultimate Russian trip. Delora, who was this man who accompanied Beth on this trip? Was that CIA? Yes, ma'am. But can I can I tell you something? Especially after I watched it the second time. Yes. When they made it to Moscow, I really felt like they were. Um, pouring on the espionage movie vibes pretty heavy <laughs> like the it was lighting an episode of alias <laughs> the all of a sudden of um her in that car and uh the you know just her walking down the hallways of the hotel it was very like you know duh, 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 duh. <laughs> mission impossible moment for sure again i was like part of the state department come on sir you're giving me CIA vibes all day. Um, we're at the point where we're actually, it's 1968 um, is where we end the series, uh, ultimately in this episode. One note that I have, she was underestimated again when she got to Russia, Delora. Mm-hmm. They mentioned, like one of the commentators who does the matches said, they didn't think she was remarkable at first. Mm. And yeah. to see I mean, she's an this, American woman. She's an American woman. Exactly. And to she's see a this woman. point, to see this point we got into, and for Beth to still be underestimated, it was like, oh, this victory is about to be sweet as the audience member. Because I'm like, it almost feels like we're back to square one at that Kentucky tournament. Yes. And y'all don't know about me, but I'm about to show y'all. So we see her fandom grow over the course of time. Borgoff even gets up and studies her board yes. after one of the matches, Laura. It was amazing. Yes. So press ends up being all outside uh, one time, including Towns. Towns yeah, comes town. all the way to Russia, finally Kentucky. acknowledged, girl, from the Lexington Herald or something like that. Mm-hmm. He finally acknowledges that their relationship wasn't one-sided, that he did yes. feel confused mm-hmm. about her because he was so intrigued by her, but ultimately really wanted to be friends. So this was a nice rekindling of that relationship and that bond that it seemed like they had formed, right? She was able to steer clear of drugs and alcohol. Uh, there was a kid. I don't know how old this kid was who was serving vodka at the hotel. Yes, another KGB operative as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> trying to tempt her. Trying to she, get her drinking. She flushed her peels down the toilet. Um, we see her really defeating like top ranked, top ranked Russian players. Well I loved, respected. 
Yes. I loved what I called the Albert Einstein looking Russian. One of my favorites too. Yeah. I just said he was so gracious. He, he said was. It afterwards, he said, excellent. What a brilliant recovery. I may have just played the best chess player of my life. It gives me, gives me chills even Same. talking about it. Yes. Because it's just so powerful to think that this person who has played greats who even surpassed you in your time would say such a thing to you, they right? They recognize it in, in, oh, in you. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So I have written down America versus Russia. Teamwork makes the dream work. Because, again, to Benny's point before, one of the things that makes the Russians so great, and we see it during the adjournment, mm-hmm. that uh, the Russians all congregate in a room when she's playing the Albert Einstein looking Russian to try to help him. Yes. That they really rely on one another to think think through their strategies. Benny, Harry, and the gang, even the twins, who we hadn't seen in a little bit, rallied yes. around Beth to help her and call her for her last match against Borgoff. I have to say, in this particular scene, it was really warm and fuzzy uh, when I watched it the first time. But then, I'm not going to lie, when I saw it the second time, the cynical side of me came out. And I was like, is this a little cheesy? Is this a little little cheesy? Just because it's like, you you can tell they're wrapping up this limited series, right? And they're bringing all of these characters full circle, Mm -hmm. um, you know, interacting um, and surrounding literally our pro protagonist here um but it, it it was it was very it was it was nice how they brought it together they did their best at that yeah. like I said the second time I saw it I was like just a just a, just teetering on, on the cheese, cheese just a little bit you know but it also goes back to our discussion about their motivations that I asked you about Benny's motivation yes. again it speaks to a, a, a higher purpose that I feel like they all felt which was to really Excellent help propel point. her to represent the America. Exactly. It was very Olympics moment to me because you know the Olympics is one of those times where we all come together and it's all about Team America. Maybe that's what we're missing this year. Possibly. Because we were. We were real life commentary on the state of our country because exactly. (laughs) Um so a couple of points that I love to kind of wrap up our recap is Borgoff offered her a draw, which as the commentator said, he never does, right? Yes. Again, showed the respect he had in that moment of like, oh my God, you're about to beat me. When she ultimately did, Delora, this man who we've seen with this poker face this whole time, get, first of all, says the game is yours. yours. Take yes. it. And, and grabbed her hand, pulled her into a hug. Again, a I'm getting hug. chills. Yes. for her. I said, I put in my notes, Wow. I did too. I I literally put wow. I, I was like, I was like, the Russian gave her a hug. I Girl. will say, is this realistic? I mean, their lives are. When it comes to like, um, I, I I'm speaking in you know general terms. People from Russia, whether whatever sport it is, gymnastics, figure skating, what have you, you know that they put their whole lives in it, and for mm-hmm. him to be this world champion grandmaster i'm sorry he was yes would he have been that happy to like 
You heard her so. like that? I think so, because it'd be different if he was still relatively young. Like, I think Borgoff had been True. playing chess for a very, very, very long time. Excellent and point. I said this, well, I said this previously, but I feel like just like the the older Russian that we saw who, you know, said, like, I, I, I resign in relief. I think mm-hmm. there is a sense of relief when you have surpassed that era where you're expected to be the absolute best. True. I think probably for and him especially. Beating her twice times. before. Right. Yes. And it, it was her time. It was her turn. Yes. So I do think it was, it seemed realistic in the sense of like, he probably felt like his time had come to an end of needing and, to be the absolute best. And to the point we just made, if it, it would have been different if this was her first match with him, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They had played previously before mm-hmm. and she finally got it. So yeah, I can see that. Now. One, one great, uh, uh, kind of tie-in I just thought about in this moment is remember when she first started playing chess it took her three times to beat Scheibel for the first time now as we wrap the series Ooh. it takes her three times to beat Borgoff look at that insight Ashley yes I'm just girl. saying I'm just yes. saying I'm just saying that's 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 some cinema gold right there yes, that was nice that was nice um, yes. I love the end scene too, where you know she plays with kind of the the old school in the park Russian players. They all congregate around her. They know who She's she is. Just like a chess piece, by the way. She was like. so again. The Russian episode was my favorite in terms of the fashion. We talk about the fashion. I loved mm-hmm. every look that mm-hmm. black and white dress she wore. I loved oh, every single look. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. she was stunning. So you mentioned at the very beginning when we first started that Anya and the director were very intentional with Beth being kind of this glamazon, and I think it yes. was. For me, it was nice to see that, you know, the idea of a woman can be successful and smart and intelligent and all these things, and she can still be cute too, okay? Yes. We are multifaceted. Come through, Amal Clooney. Okay? We can be all the things. Michelle Obama, we can be all the things. Yes. Okay? Um, But what I I will say, um, I, another side note, I absolutely loved the music in Mm. this show Mm. the piano i mean the score of this movie was phenomenal like there were um this one there there were like two scenes right where i'm like i get goosebumps the first was when um what was the first time i brought up the music oh yeah when she was in mexico there was this particular scene and the music was heavenly and then um and then i got literally chills when she was playing um the russian in the final and she was like oh my goodness he just made a move and then like she started looking up in the ceiling and then you just like saw the chess pieces and all of them are looking up like what's happening why is she looking up there (laughs) honestly this is her first time doing it sober by the way yes it was yes it was that score Oh, I think that's part of the reason why this this show was so great for me. The the look, um, how well they they captured the time with the fashion and the props and sets mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. And um and obviously it was well acted. I mean, Anya is a star. I've seen her she in did her things thing. before, but she did her thing. I Absolutely. you know, I'm Absolutely. I'm happy. I'm happy we got a chance to go into this uh go into this world as fast as I went through it, <laughs> but it, it was true escapism. 
It was. I, I really, again, don't take my B-plus, guys. It's not my recommendation. That is still a thumbs up. I still think that this was a very enjoyable series. I enjoyed the ride. I hope for a season two. I know that they've used I up, don't. I believe, all the material from the book. Mm-hmm. That's where we disagree sometimes. You always. Know, I'm I, always good. I'm satisfied. No, I how want a continuation. This is how the cookie crumbles, Ashley. No. <laughs> And that's, that's why, and let me say this, I think this is where, where we probably have a difference. Well, even when I read books, I want book series. I don't like one-off books. I need a series because I, once I get invested into a world, I need to, I need a lot of it until I feel satisfied. I'm not quite yet satisfied. I need a little bit more. I can't tell you how quickly I can say nope to all of that <laughs> because I get anxiety when I read books that require more than honestly a trilogy is is perfect chef's yeah. kiss for me F- four books okay you think <laughs> over four books I I get it I get I can't I get commitment anxiety I can't commit to that many books you asked so me I to read you never books? read the pretty little liar series because I still don't know if that series is done nope sure That's, didn't she wrote a lot <laughs> of books guys a lot I stuck with her for a while too and then I was like okay I'm kind of over this honestly but, the only the only time I would agree to read to uh, a series that's over four books is if I know it's completed yeah that's the only way I can do that and and like that's because um I actually would like to read the Harry Potter books I have not um I did when I was younger because my parents were concerned about witchcraft but uh (laughs) oh okay remember we talked about Harry Potter I think last episode so If you ever want to read those books together, we can do so as adults. That'd okay. be interesting. All but right, that, was, that was all I have for the recap. You ready to head into these hidden gems? Yes. Hidden go ahead. Gems. Go first. Go ahead. Hidden. All right. So I have more than one hidden gems today. Um, and it's themed this week. Okay. So, and, and this hidden gem isn't really hidden, but I'm highly recommending it. And that would be season four of The Crown. Netflix original series. Um, Is it season four or season five? It's season four. I, oh, okay. I, I mixed up some numbers on our our group text, so I okay. apologize for that. No, you're fine. I just want to make sure. But uh, this this season was particularly amazing because we are dealing with Charles and Diana. Mm. More importantly, Princess Di. Yeah. It, it was before I was born, most of the events from this season, but she, Princess Diana was a major figure for me and my family mm. um, in the 90s. And so yeah. this is, uh, it's been a wild ride. I know a lot of people are up in arms about putting a fictional uh, label on it, but mm-hmm let's keep it 1000 okay yes we do not know all of the behind closed doors conversations however there's a lot of real life events that lines up with the events of the show so that's Mm. where you kind of lose me just a little bit and if you're going to watch the crown i have other uh projects that are definitely worth watching and consuming when i tell you i was on a british binge this <laughs> these last couple of weeks so i then went <laughs> and watched the queen which came out in 2006 currently on netflix 
film starring um, Helen Mirren. She won her Oscar off of this role, by the way. Uh, this particular film talks about um, Princess Di's death, but we haven't gotten that with the, the crown that's coming up in season five. But again, Princess Diana being a main, you know, character in that story. Um, I also have um, another hidden gem. It's called Diana in Her Words. This is a National Geographic documentary which is available on Netflix and Disney Plus. And um, literally, they took all of the audio from um, a secret interview she did for um, a autobiography on her life. Um, but she, she did the recordings for her friend, who was a quote-unquote source for this book. And uh, they essentially paired what she had to say about her life with pictures of, of those times. And she talked very openly about um, her bouts with bulimia, her relationship with uh, Prince Charles and the third person in the relationship, uh, Camilla. Camilla. And the last thing I'm going to mention, um, and I didn't finish it, but I started it. That's how bad my British binge was, was Meryl Streep's, performance in iron lady which is um a movie that is on netflix also came out in 2011 synced it she stars as margaret thatcher former prime minister of britain and the reason why i recommend that and i plan on finishing that movie is because i i didn't know much about margaret thatcher you know in a confident way and so if you want to go and get your british binge on these are the projects I recommend. <laughs> all right. Nice, Alora. Uh, I'm going to roll through mine. And again, guys, these are listed out always on our notes that you can see on whatever podcast app you're subscribed to. Um, my hidden gems of this week, I have three of them. The first one, Oprah's 2020 Vision Tour, the Tracy Ellis Ross Visionaries interview. My mom sent me a text on a Sunday morning saying, Ash, you have to watch this. I watched it. I got emotional. Tracy oh, Ellis wow. Ross really hit me with some some moments and some things that really spoke to me and were powerful. But She's I also, amazing. yeah, she is one of my favorites. And I also was really impacted by some of the, the things that she mentioned in terms of fear and really surpassing some of the things that she was fearful of, especially her fear of like singing publicly. Um, mm. So I would encourage everybody to go check out. I mean, Oprah's 2020 Vision Tour as a whole was awesome. I believe she interviewed. I mean, I also watched The Rocks interview, which is also powerful, which is right mm. after his father died. But she interviewed multiple people from Kate Hudson to Michelle Obama. Um, so that's all lives on YouTube. If you guys haven't seen it, I encourage you to check it out. My second hidden gem, Godmothered uh, on Disney Plus. <laughs> Isla Fisher and Jillian Bell. This is a very cute movie. Um, mm -hmm. Just basically with, you know, Godmothers are going out of existence. People don't believe anymore. So Jillian Bell's character decides, hey, no, I'm going to find um, someone who has a request and I'm going to fill it and show that the world still needs us. So it's really just a really cute adventure. And um I really uh, enjoyed that from from Disney Plus, which yes. I, I don't enjoy much on Disney Plus that's new. That yes. one I, I recommend. Um, the last hidden gem I have is Happiest Season. That's on Hulu, mm -hmm. starring Kristen Stewart and Dan Levy, our favorite Dan Levy. Um, Boo. Is <laughs> a holiday film. Basically, Kristen Stewart uh, is one um, is going to go visit her girlfriend's family for Christmas, but does not realize her girlfriend's family does not know that she's gay. 
and that mm-hmm. they're in a relationship. So shenanigans and all sorts of things. So uh, yeah, another one that I got emotional on, to be honest, really? it got me to, yes, it got me to a point um, that I got quite emotional. So it was very, I really enjoyed it though. I know some yes, of the reviews. I did too. I know some of the reviews were great. It was kind of uh, painful because I didn't like her girlfriend at all after yeah. a while. I mean, Kristen Stewart, I felt really bad for Kristen Stewart in this Absolutely. film. I will say that, you know, and I'm glad she had Dan Levy, who was a friend of hers, to really be there for her. As well as, um, I really loved, um, I can't think of her name right now, from um, Parks and Rec. No, from Parks and Rec. Um, oh, Aubrey. Yes, Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Thank you. The most straight laced character I believe I've ever seen her play. Yes, and and, and she wasn't quirky at all. Yes, and I I loved her. I appreciated her. Apparently, her showing in this. love her now, and she's not gay, but uh, she's she, not. But she but was phenomenal. She is now you know everyone's faves, and, and and to be, I really loved her character too. Yeah, I loved her fashion was, too, by the way. She was lovely, but yeah, happiest season. Uh, I recommend as well. So those are my hidden gems for the week, Delora, and uh. We we're gonna be back next week for something you are super excited about. <laughs> yes, we're gonna do a Christmas movie. Woo-hoo! And in particular, we are going to be recapping Jingle Jango. Very exciting. We have a new ask for you guys this week. We know we always say, you know, follow us on social. We're at Recap yes. Podcast. But also, guys, we would love if you would start giving us your direct feedback, whether that is just something you want to write in the comments or actually an audio message you want to send to us. We're going to include them on episodes of the podcast moving forward. So please, please, please send us your feedback, send us your thoughts please. on shows. And we're we going to, hear to from include you. it. Absolutely. The Laura, that's all I got, my friend. Yes. (laughs) Well, we'll be in the double digits next week, Ashley. Again, bring your alcohol because we're taking a shot. (laughs) Noted. All right. See you next week, guys. Bye.